My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, and that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask for pardon for my sins, and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. daybreak he appeared in the temple again and as all the people came to him he sat down and began to teach them there are many occasions in the gospel where we see our Lord gives a lot of importance to friendship it's something the Father has been speaking to us a lot in the last few years and months and so Jesus Christ perfect man lived out fully the human value of friendship. We see how from a young age he formed friendship with people around him. When he was 12 and they were coming back from Jerusalem, Our Lady and St. Joseph assumed that he was traveling with a group of friends and relatives. <coughs> it was sort of the normal, natural, assumed thing. It was only after a day's journey that they went to look for him, their relations and acquaintances. Later in his public life, we see our Lord often in the homes of his friends and acquaintances, whether visiting them or sharing a meal. Leaving the synagogue, he went to Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in the grip of a high fever, and they asked him to do something for her. And so it was very natural or normal for our Lord to be in these situations. He found himself at home with these social relationships. In his honor, Levi held a great reception in his house. And with them at table was a large gathering of tax collectors and sinners. If we were to be thinking of organizing a party and we were going to open invite the sinners that we know well you might wonder who will i place on that list we might have trouble knowing greater sinners than ourselves and so matthew must have had a lot of very colorful friends but our lord felt completely at home with that group of people who could which could have been a strange group of people <coughs> he didn't feel out of place or uncomfortable one of the Pharisees invited him to a meal, and when he arrived at the Pharisee's house, he took his place at the table. Our Lord was well brought up in the ways of social interaction. <coughs> he knew what to do, how to behave, how to function in these sort of do's. And suddenly there came a man named Jairus, who was president of the synagogue, he fell at Jesus' feet and pleaded with him to come to his house. So our Lord was also exposed to all sorts of invitations. 
When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and spoke to him, Zacchaeus, come down, hurry, because I must stay at your house today. And we also see him at the wedding feast of Cana. And the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also present. There were also times when our Lord devoted time exclusively to be with the disciples. He withdrew with his disciples to the lakeside, and great crowds from Galilee followed him from Judea. At other times, our Lord stopped and spent time with people, the chance meetings and occasions. And a few minutes of conversation were enough to bring about great changes in people. A few minutes of conversation were enough for the Samaritan woman to sense that she was known and understood. And that led her to, want to ask the question, can this be the Christ? And so our Lord takes advantage of any situation to begin a relationship of friendship. And so we often see him stopping and spending time with specific people. There's an anecdote in Manavilla Tivoli when they're traveling somewhere and our father asks that they don't have the air to go and buy some watermelons or tea or something. <coughs> and so he, they stop at a small stall and they buy some things and when Don Javier comes back to the car, our father asked him if he talked to the, the seller about spiritual things. And Don Javier happened. He just bought the watermelon. Our father sort of encouraged him, well, that might be the only time in his life that that man had a conversation with a priest. <coughs> he should have used the opportunity a little bit better. So the anecdote is about that very small opportunity that arose in that occasion where our father encouraged him to take full advantage, not to squander opportunities. The disciples from Maus, after walking alongside and sitting at table with our Lord, they recognized the presence of the friend who made their hearts burn. Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? It should be a good thing if our friends realize there's something different about our friendship. Somebody told me once how they were chatting with their friend and they began to talk about all the normal ordinary things and the the friend said to them, look, no, I, I can talk about those things with anybody. With you, we talk about the deeper things. And that's why every so often we have to <coughs> make sure that we talk about those deeper things. We bring up topics that may be difficult to talk about and they cost us a little bit. So get together with John Overham many years ago in Dublin. Somebody stood up and said, well, I 
I'm in the army and I do skydiving in the cavalry. And there's a moment when I have to jump out of the plane at 30,000 feet. And when I'm at the door of the plane, launching myself out into mid-air at 30,000 feet, often it doesn't cost me a thought. But sometimes when I'm having coffee with a friend, and the moment comes to launch myself into their soul, sometimes I hold back a little bit. How can I have the same daring when I'm having coffee with my friend as I have at 30,000 feet? I don't know what the answer was from Donovo, but it was a very interesting question. It talks a little bit about those moments in our friendship when we have to go deeper. Because our Lord wants us to have deep personal relationships with people, not just superficial acquaintances. There were times when our Lord dedicated longer periods of time to his friends. We see this in the home in Bethany. He spent a long days in family intimacy. And so our Father says, Jesus shared words of affection and encouragement and responds to friendship with his own friendship. What marvelous conversations in the home of Bethany, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. Being able to grow in friendship or start friendship or keep friendships going is a virtue. And like virtues, we can always be growing. At which stage in our life we knew we reach a new level of friendship. A new level of practicing that virtue whereby we, we keep our friendship alive with people. Somebody who was living in a residence in Europe many years ago and managed to do a lot of apostolate with a lot of people staying in that residence and many of them were from Asia. Often they went back to occupy important places in the countries they came from. And over a 30 or 40 year period, well that person kept up with them. And in that region, when they needed a lot of financial help to rebuild a lot of the centers, well, it was able to draw on those contacts. It was very fruitful. I asked that person, well, how did you manage all of this hmm? over a 30, 40, 50 year period? And they said, just three words, keep the contract warm. Keep the contract, contract warm. The aristocrats of friendships know how to, how to go about things. They know the tips, the details, the expertise. Part of our relationship or friendship with people is precisely to keep the contact warm. There might be a student that goes to the university and ends up in the Cayman Islands, or somebody else who goes to Fiji. But because that person has been a friend of ours, it's at least an email every year, a Christmas greeting, where we keep abreast of the change of their phone and their email what's happening in their family or the names of their children. With this we show the authenticity of our friendship that we're serious. We're on a divine plane. We're following the footsteps of the Master. 
And to in that home of Bethany, he also learned that our Lord's friendship produces a deep trust. We find with the passage of time that people come to us with their problems, their difficulties, their challenges in life. And that's a very good sign. Might be a bit of a burden. Might be time consuming. But it's a very good sign that something people see something different in our relationship. There's a deep trust there. And so we can ask our Lord that we might never be afraid to spend too much time with friends or in conversations. Or to put other things aside because we know that conversation is very important. We see it. Other people see it. I was rather impressed one time talking to a supernumerary in Dublin in the abortion referendum in 1983. I knew the supernumerary had a lot of tentacles in various places and didn't really know the full extent of it, but this person was a real mover. And I needed to get a, a venue whereby the medical profession, the doctors for the amendment, place pro-life amendment into the constitution would have a base. So I needed a flat or a house or a room somewhere. And I talked to this particular supernumerary. Within 24 hours, he found the most fantastic building, fully carpeted, fully furnished, that was vacant. And I said, but how did you manage to get that in 24 hours? He said, well, I, I knew from what you were telling me that this was very important. I was rather impressed with those words. This person could detect that this thing was important. And so they put aside all the other things they were doing to give time to that particular project. And true enough, it yielded a huge fruit. And so friends realize that certain things are important. We stop other things. We change our plans. We make ourselves available for people. And this is a very important factor to transmitting our chats with supernumeraries and cooperators. Because our father says the parents have to be very good friends of their children. In my experience, that's a a very easy thing to say, but not such an easy thing to achieve. And we have to remind supernumeraries and cooperators about that. That means at times that they have to stop what they're doing and sit down and talk to their children or listen to them or make time for them. Or talk to them about those important areas like the meaning of human love and human sexuality, the truth, beauty and meaning that they may find difficult to talk about, but which are very important to get out of that deeper relationship with the 10, 11, or 12-year-old child. And so they asked our Lord, are you Elijah? He replied, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. And so they asked him deep questions. They're not afraid to ask him questions. Who are you? Our Lord knows how to accompany people in their suffering. Empathy. Jesus wept. If certain people are our friends, we have to be for them. 
in the moment to be there for them, in the moment of their comfort, so they can rely on us. Often it's not our words, but what we do is just our presence. I can say everything. I'm here for you. And I'll always be here for you. You can rely on me. But it's at the Last Supper that our Lord shows most deeply his desire to offer his friendship. In the intimacy of the Seneca, our Lord tells the apostles, I have longed and longed to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. No longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. One spiritual writer says that is the most, among the most important phrases that our Lord says in the Gospel. <clears throat> it defines our relationship with him, and it also defines what we have to be for others. And so he said this to all of us. God loves us not merely as creatures, but as children, to whom he offers true friendship. And we respond to that friendship by uniting our will to his, by doing what our Lord wants. And so listening to the Father and taking deeply the words of friendship that he has taken great trouble to transmit to us in the last few years, we try to bring this topic to our prayer more frequently. To ask the Holy Spirit for lights. To look again at our lists of friends and contacts. Make plans for the coming year. To see how possibly in the more difficult times that we might be living in for various reasons and circumstances, when there are also greater graces to connect at a deeper level with people. The whole COVID experience can help us to remind people of the fleeting nature of this life, of how they need to take care of their soul, so that we seize the graces that are available during this period to fulfill the will of God for us in relation to other people. Remain in me as I in you. <clears throat> as a branch cannot bear fruit all by itself, unless it remains part of the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. And so our Lord invites us to remain in him, a communion of thought and sentiment, and thus our will in God's will. God's will for us is no longer an alien ruling, something imposed from without by the commandments, but it's now my own will, based on the realization that God is in fact more deeply present to me than I am to myself. And so self-abandonment to God increases and God becomes our joy. The words 
of the angels, the good tidings of great joy that shall be to all the people. Come to me, Lord, for us. God wants me to be concerned with all the people, to spend myself and to go one by one. And then Alvaro went to Korea in 1987. There were a few cooperators there. And one of them asked him, how many members are there in Opus Day? And Alvaro very happily said, 75,000. And the cooperator said, only? Oh, well, the day that Opus Day starts in Korea, there'll be 75,000 in Korea. And Alvaro said, well, very good, wonderful. But remember, one by one, the person did not quite fully grasp what sort of an organization Opus Day was. Thought it was some sort of a thing that you put your name down or the, the list scroll like the Vincent de Paul or Legion of Mary or something else. But the Alvaro was communicating the way that we do things, one by one. And so we're still waiting for the 75,000 in Korea. But maybe someday it will happen. And so our Lord fills us with confidence. Because we realize that we have a true friendship with him. Because he is faithful. Faithful friendship is very important. I had a student once in another country who ended up in jail. I asked a teacher in Stockmore School once, are any of your past students in jail? They said, no, but some of them should be. <coughs> well, you might have a student sometime who ends up in jail. Try and make sure that you visit them in jail. It's an experience that we don't get to go through properly, too frequently. But in those sort of circumstances, well, we have to show the fidelity of our friendship. It's not limited to certain circumstances in other people's lives. Our friendship with our Lord cannot be broken. He doesn't leave us. Even though at times he might keep silent. But when we meet him, he makes himself known to us. Whispered words in our ear. Helps us to say the things that that other person needs to hear. Even though we may not be very aware of what we're saying. I shall let you find me, we're told in the book of Jeremiah, Yahweh declares. I shall restore your fortunes and gather you in from all the nations. And wherever I have driven you, Yahweh declares. I shall bring you back to the place from which I exiled you. And so our Lord remains at our side wherever we go. Have I not told you, we're told in the book of Joshua, be strong and stand firm. Be fearless and undaunted. For go where you may, Yahweh your God is with you. And sometimes our Lord wants us to transmit these words to many people around us. He never breaks his covenant. He simply asks that we do not abandon him. Abide in me and I in you. And so the more we grow in our interior life, in our friendship with our Lord, the more we grow in our friendship with other people. 
And if we were, even if we were to stray from him, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. St. Paul to Timothy says, if we are faithless, he is faithful still. But he cannot disown his own self. And so we try to respond to this friendship with intimacy. These days are special days of intimacy. To respond to his friendship is to love him. With a love that is the soul of the Christian life. Which tries to manifest itself in everything we do. We need a rich interior life, said our Father, the sure sign of friendship with God and the indispensable condition for any work with souls. And so all apostles, all work for the good of souls that we're all so much involved in, stems from this friendship with God, which is the source of true Christian love for others. And so we could ask our Lord for the grace to seize the opportunities as they come. If we're on a St. Gabriel retreat or we're looking after a St. Gabriel recollection, <clears throat> we have to be attentive to every soul that comes in the door. Now to those souls that the supernumeraries, the cooperators, the associates are dealing with, so we know their names, we pray for them. We think about the apostles, we see further possibilities and plans. We're attentive to the new horizons that God may open up to us from time to time because we discover that this person is that talent, or this other person is that capacity, or this other person has another contact in some other place. We're opening horizons all the time. Like our father telling Don Javier, the seller of the watermelon, sees the opportunity. By living in friendship with God, which is the first friendship, we foster and strengthen that friendship with him. And because of that, we make many true friends. And that doesn't mean that our friends agree with us or agree with everything we do. They might be the furthest people from God as we might ever meet in our life. The furthest people from Uncle's Day, but they're our friends. And so we keep in contact with them. Because it's our job to get them to heaven by hook or by crook. And we don't know at what stage in their life and God may give them the grace of a conversion. Or on their deathbed, they might ask to see a priest or a whole pile of other things. The book of Sirach says, Whoever fears the Lord makes true friends. For as a person is, so his friend is true. The effect, the effort rather, our Lord has made, said our Father, and continues making to keep us in his friendship is the same effort that he wants to make for many other souls, making use of us as instruments to do so. <clears throat> and so that last person on our list from primary school or secondary school, and maybe the person in the class that we had least dealings with, or we had a fight with, or all sorts of other things, this puts a new perspective and all those relationships of divine origin that God has placed in our life. 
nothing has been by chance. Every single soul that we have come to know is somehow important. We have to look for them, we have to find them. In the parable of the wedding feast, our Lord says, go into the highways and the byways. There may be many highways and byways in our life. <clears throat> and so every contact that we make, every calling card, there may come a time in our life when we will have <clears throat> more time to follow up with these people. But at least we have a name, a number, an email, a contact. In one of his letters, our father said, we are called to serve the crowds. We are never closed in on ourselves, but live facing the multitude of men and women. And I would like to say each one of us has to have a, a ten souls hanging from every finger to open up like a fan. <clears throat> and deep in our hearts are those words of our Lord Jesus Christ, I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And like our Lord, we also have compassion on the multitudes. The multitudes who don't have the beauty, the truth, and the knowledge of human love that we have, a reflection of divine love. And our desire to share that truth, which is a consequence of love and friendship, leads us to be always on the move. We're looking for new souls and new opportunities. Our Father says in the furrow, true friendship also means making a heartfelt effort to understand the convictions of our friends, even though we may never come to share them or accept them. Loving others means seeing and affirming them just as they are. And we can thank God also that we are surrounded by our best friends. Our sisters are our best friends. That's what family is. Friends that God has chosen for us. Loving others means seeing and affirming them just as they are. <coughs> From the first proselytism comes the other proselytism. And before that other proselytism, there has to come the first proselytism. And so we love others just as they are with their problems, their defects, their personal history, their social surroundings, and their own times for drawing close to Jesus. And so to build a true friendship, we need to develop the capacity to look at other people with affection to the point that we see them with the eyes of Christ. With the visits of Don Road and Javier, the father, last year, we see how they all, as well as our father, poured out an enormous effect on the people that they met in all sorts of places, constantly pouring out affection, <coughs> seeing others with the eyes of Christ. You can ask Our Lady as she looks at the Christ child in Bethlehem, with St. Joseph, that she might teach us as we look at the Christ to be able to look on all the people that we meet precisely with the eyes of Christ.
I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, and